Welcome everybody to today's Two Saints show with myself, Mark C, and my co-host, Mark H. Hi, Mark, how you doing? Uh, yeah, a bit of an indifferent week, but yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, unfortunately, it would it would seem that um, you know after the euphoria of Saturday and getting into the next round of the FA Cup, which you know I'm of that generation where it's still important and it's still relevant. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, thankfully Arsenal were generous enough, and they they handed us the tie. Yep. But uh, but of course, as we knew when we looked at the team sheets on Saturday, you know, we knew that you know it was definitely not going to be the two uh, the case on Tuesday night, and so it yep. was. Yeah, um, they took the Mickey in the cup a little bit, putting out that weakened team, and it cost them. But uh, yeah, they great. certainly they certainly learned. From that. <laughs> on a, on a, hopefully a brighter note, I hope everybody yep. who's either listening to the pod or listening to the radio show are looking after each other and making sure that everybody is safe and well. Absolutely right. And just remind you all, obviously, we're on the Two Sites show every Thursday, 1 till 3 p.m. on Fiesta 95 FM with myself and Mark H. Um, and also, don't forget, you can contact us via the Two Saints podcast show at Outlook.com, which is our show email address. Um, it's obviously for the radio show and the podcast. So feel free to drop us a line there. Let us know about anything you'd like to see in the show, about the content we're putting out, if you're enjoying it, anything you'd like to see, anything you're not happy about, positive or negative. We enjoyed the feedback, and obviously we can't do the show without you. So coming up in the first half today, we have the Two Saints review of Saints 1, Arsenal 0 in the Cup, and Saints 1, Arsenal 3 in the League. It's Mark C and Mark H. Mark my word, they're here with everything in the Two Saints show. So, starting with the Two Saints review of Saints 1, Arsenal 0 in the FA Cup fourth round. So, um, pretty much almost a full strength team or as strong as Rav could make it, Mark, given the injuries we've got. And um, not a very strong Arsenal team, so you're kind of thinking before the game, oh yeah, it's quite up for it, you know, we're, we're going to have a good chance here. And um, the players were actually up for it, weren't they? Oh, 100%. Um... You know, it, it was a good opportunity, given the team that Arsenal had put out as well. Yeah. It was a great opportunity for us to lay down a, lay, not not just lay down a marker, but um, turn around and um, get ourselves into the next round of the cup. I mean, you know, obviously you don't have the magic because you already know who you're playing in the next round. But um, where is that? You know, the the thing is, is they've given themselves now. You know, I'll over review in the game, but the the thing to mention is they've given themselves a great opportunity of even getting to the quarterfinals, given that Wolves' form at the minute, you know, isn't particularly great. You know, Absolutely. so let, let's see what gives on the, yeah. I think it's the Absolutely. 10th of Feb or the 9th of Feb. Yeah, and I thought, again, it was one of those games where it was a fully committed performance. All the players on the pitch did their part. They were all fully committed, putting in strong performance, very committed performance. Probably not the most swashbuckling on the ball or off it, but got the job done, didn't they? Diallo had another good game. They they all seemed to be sort of up for it, and they were all on their game. They all played fairly well. Um, obviously, Ralph obviously held the fact it was a committed performance, and James Ward-Prowse said the belief was strong. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly say when this team are in full flow and they're, when they're playing, they're capable of beating anybody. Body, aren't they? Oh, a bit like Cummins' team a few years back, but um, obviously we do concede those silly goals again, don't we? Sometimes, thankfully, not on this occasion. No, C- committed strong performance. Got past Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, all I would all I would say, Mark, is is it, it kind of mirrors the season because normally, you know, it's a good omen if Saints go in front early doors, right? Because normally, if they go in front early doors, they don't normally sort of. I can see too too many. I mean, the only the only time we've seen it this season is really Manchester United, and obviously we're going to come on the Tuesday night in a minute. But but you know, all I would say is is when we have tended to go into the lead early doors, you know, we've tended to come out of the game more often than not with the three points. You know, so so as soon as as soon as the ball hit the back of the net. On Saturday, the illness really was on Arsenal then to come out and sort of attack the game. Unfortunately, because for for whatever reasons, and you know, uh, Arsenal had decided that you know they weren't 
they weren't playing a full strength team, and and they didn't have they didn't have some of the options even from the bench. So it was. Right. Um, I mean, I, I I just felt we dealt with what we needed to deal with very comfortably. You know, they worked they worked well as a unit. They worked together, um, and and it was at the end of the day, you know, it was job done on the Saturday. Yeah, let's not forget as well. I mean, Saints almost took lead after five minutes. James Ward-Prowse put in one of the greatest corners I've seen in, I don't know how long, somehow or other, I don't know how he did it. He, he curves it in off the outside of his right foot and it deflects off the crossbar. How enough it's not gone in, I don't know. But I've never seen a corner driven in like that. So he kind of drives it in off the outside of his right foot, doesn't he? And it comes off the crossbar mm-hmm. and left everyone stranded. And cool, at that point, you're thinking, blimey, if that had gone in, what a nightmare that would have been. I mean, uh, I know it was definitely five minutes in, off and then Peters wasn't it? It was reminiscent of Jason Dodd's corner against Portsmouth um, oh. a few years back, but uh, it was yeah. reminiscent of that because, like like you say, you know, it, it, it looked like it was going in, and it, and it was unlucky that it didn't. Um, you know, I think I mean the, there were other efforts that we had were you know Shea Adams, uh, oh, you know he, he brilliant brilliant run really. You know, all all of his own making, unfortunate just to see it go wide of the wide of the. I don't think he could have done more, could he? He ran onto it, created the opportunity, hit it really well. To be fair, yeah. And Leno, although he got his hand to it, he did struggle to get his hand to that. Actually, to be fair, yeah. it was a I good mean, save. I, in the I end, thought but... it was kind of curling away from the goal, personally myself. But yeah, I mean, Leno got his got his hand to it. You know, he, he he was unlucky because, like like you say, you know the the thing with something like that was he created the opportunity all of himself, and it was just basically that he went on the burst. You know, yeah, um, and, and yeah, yeah, it was it was it was just unlucky. I mean, obviously the downside was was you know Ram Bertram getting himself booked again, like you know, and obviously then that that counted him out of Tuesday night's game. Yeah, but, um, and talking of Bass, I mean, for me, challenge of the game, Mark, Ibrahima Diallo starts his run in the Arsenal half, catches Nicolas Pepe, who's already in the Saints half at full pace, okay? So Diallo not only come, makes up all that ground on him, catches Nicolas Pepe, does him for pace and gets the ball off him. And Diallo must have been 60, 70 yards away before he even starts the run. Pepe's already in the Saints half at full speed. Diallo just comes from nowhere to tackle him. Yeah. And for me... Tackle of the game, and for me, that was Ibrahim Diallo to an absolute tee. I mean, the Matt Cole, blimey, I've never seen a midfielder that quick, Mark. Uh, scintillating pace from Diallo, fantastic tackle as well. And I tell you something now, if nothing else, they found an absolute gem there, Saints, haven't they? Oh, man. Given his age, 21 years old. Wow. When, when you look I'm not going to get too carried away, but blimey. When you look at what Pepe actually cost Arsenal compared to what Diallo cost. Southampton, you know, in in that sort of midfield duel, if you like. I mean, one thing that did one thing that did baffle me, right? And you know, he came on, he came off the bench at the start of the second half, yeah. And that was Thomas Petrie. I don't understand why he didn't start the game because he he was excellent for Arsenal in that second half, and obviously he played, you know, the whole ninety minutes of the Tuesday game, so. Well, the one thing I picked up on on Thomas' party was there was a massive warning signal about him for Tuesday's game in the fact that when he came on, that transition that Saints were getting from defending to attack, which is which was quite fluent and quite quick, he almost stopped that completely dead. Yeah, he track. shut it down. And he did it on Tuesday as well. So the Saints' transitions on Tuesday didn't happen because party did exactly what he did against us in the Cup and he nullified it. Um, and the warning sign was there on Saturday about that because that's exactly what he did when he came on. Yeah. He stopped those transitions that Saints were making and that's part of the reason we struggled second half to be fair and you know and, and Tuesday he did it again and did it really well and like you said I can't understand why he didn't start for them very much so very much so but uh, as, as I say you know credit words do you know people put their performance in um, you know there was I mean James Ward Price got through a hell of a lot of work. I know, I know we're talking about him every week, but he really did. He, he got through a hell of a lot of work. And, um, 
you know, and it was it was nice to hear him speak after the game and actually say, you know, you know, we, we, we do want to sort of do something this season and maybe maybe winning the cup is on the agenda. You know, it yeah. was nice it was nice to kind of hear that because you know the the way the way I kind of look at it, Mark, is you know I I get the thing with the league, and I also turn around and say you know I want to see us do well in the league, but yeah. ultimately you know for a team for for a club like Southampton Football Club, realistically, you know the best chance of actually winning anything, yeah. right, is always the FA Cup or the League Cup. It's funny because people turn around, you know, I hear all the arguments about, oh, I'm not interested in the FA Cup this year because the crowds, you know, can't, you you won't be able to go to the final and all the rest of it. But that, but that's not the point. The thing is, is, is like, you know, it's ironic that this year it's the 45th anniversary, you know, yeah. of the win. And it would be fitting to see us you know, during an anniversary year win the FA Cup, irrespective of whether there's fans in there or not. I mean I mean, boy, I'll celebrate I will celebrate like as if I had a newborn. Not that I know about having newborns, but um, you know, I will I will be celebrating like crazy if if it came the past that we won the FA Cup, irrespective of whether I'm at Wembley or not. Right there with you, I'll be rising like Lazarus and celebrating like a demon. So that brings us to the end of the, the review of the of the cup game, and we'll move on shortly to the review of the league game, which was Saints one, Arsenal three. It's the two marks, C and H on the two Saint show, Fiesta 95 FM. So Arsenal fight back to clinch victory. Hassan Hoop said we gave away goals too easily. And Jan Valerie says we have to learn and move on. Yep, you're not wrong there, Sherlock. <laughs> so, um, yeah, gave away goals to easy. Fantastic start, wasn't it? Um, brilliantly worked training ground routine, straight up for training grounds. Corner of the Saints. Ward Pras delivers it. Armstrong catches it on the full, smashes it in the back of the net. One nil Saints. You're thinking, here we go. Yeah, well, it didn't last long, did it, Mark? I've got to tell you, mate, it wasn't quite like that because Arsenal had a guilt edge opportunity. It, uh, what was it about a five minute minutes before we scored? A, a list, um, minute yeah, I think there was less than a minute gone when the opportunity arose. Um, <clears throat> but but having said that, I I mean it it was a case of for me we went into our shell. Yeah. Um. They they were basically dominating the ball uh, until they equalised. Because we weren't, we looked like we were hemmed in. Well, Do you think that right, uh, as soon as we we scored, right, we got on the back foot, and I thought, okay, we're looking to defend for a while. Not not necessarily an issue with that, but the problem was was that when we conceded, right, Saints tried to go back into full press mode, yeah, and that was kind of when we kind of got caught out because obviously we went we went looking to take the game to them not I didn't really necessarily have an issue with it, Mark but no. unfortunately unfortunately you know we had two full backs and I know you know look the thing is is I'm, I'm gonna say something here and this is you know and I've spoke to you about this on many an occasion yep. right the sum total of what Saints supporters believe in regards to, you know, our, our protégés coming through the ranks at the moment, right? They're not that great. No, they're not. You know, the prospects are not that great <coughs> no, they're not. at the moment, yep. you know? And and the thing is, is like, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't like talking about Saints players in a negative sense, okay? Yep. You know, yeah, Valerie's had a tough time personally. That that's obvious, right? But neither him or Jake Vokins know about the art of defending. 
I was going to say, they both looked fantastic going forward with That's the ball. That's exactly what I was going to say, Mark. Going forward, they're both brilliant. They're both fantastic going forward. But defensively, they've, they're have they woeful defensively. They've got an awful yeah. lot to land defensively. And I'm like you. I don't want to talk about them negatively. But going forward, they're fantastic, both of them. But, yeah, defensively, sure, I mean, they've got an awful lot to land. It takes, it takes something whenever you're taking off your left back, right? You've chosen left back yep. of the game. And you're sticking one of your more influential people in the game at left back and that was Diallo now I'm I'm not saying that he didn't make mistakes you know but the thing is is in in, you know for me there were eight passengers and eight people that were given it a go or three people sorry that were given it a go on Tuesday the three people that were given a go Stuart Armstrong Yep, and it wasn't just because he scored the goal. Because when he when he was getting the ball, you know, he was he was obviously looking to take the game to them. Um, you know, Bed Bednarek, although you know, you had a situation obviously where you know it's jacking him at the middle, and you've you've got a rear guard action because you've got two full backs that aren't defending, yep. Yep. so you you're exposed straight away in that sense. So from the midfield either, were they? You know, yeah. the fullbacks were quite inexperienced defensively. So, you know, you would have thought with slightly inexperienced slightly less experienced fullbacks, you would have thought the midfielders would have dropped back a little bit to compensate that and help them a little bit. And that didn't really happen, did it? Yeah. And that kind of complicated matters as well, didn't it? Like you said, as soon as we put the press on, we were exposed. Yeah, and that's also because the midfielders pushed on, and that left the back, the back, the full backs exposed. And Arsenal fully exploited it, didn't they? To be fair, hundred percent. You know, I, I mean, mean it, they exploited it that way. They made Cedric Suarez look like a world beater, didn't they? Oh well, well, I mean, hang on, well, well, we can go that far, you know. Um, but but what I, what I would say, Mark, is is that um, you know, and I don't normally sort of praise players from the opposition. <laughs> But I've got I've got to say, Sacco was oh. we we were struggling with them all, mate. And and again, yes, you can turn around and say it's the fullbacks again because they were struggling, you know, to deal with. Obviously, he's running from wide positions, but but um, for the age of him, I thought the myself feet. Now there's a player that's definitely bland his age, you know. And we we talk about Jake Bokins. And people like that. We talk about, you know, uh, Callum Slattery, even though he went down alone. You know, I'm talking about in recent years, all these yep, people yep. that came to the floor, right? They're all older than Sacco. Yeah. They're all older than Sacco. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? I'll say more, and I think, I think, you know, if if we're talking about level, then fair enough, right? But we're t- what we're talking about is, People from other academies that are yeah. cut above, and yet well, we, there, there are there are people within our fan base that think all these academy players are com- that are coming through are going to do the business for they're Saints, not. and they're, they're not. just not. They're not. They're, they're just not. They're not. No, I, I think there's a very limited number, if any, that will actually break through and will actually go on and have a successful career at Saints long term, um, and that's worrying. Um, regards to Saka, all I'm going to say is if Bukayo Saka doesn't go to the Euros, there's something wrong with that picture because he's an absolute shoe in for that England team, Mark, I would say. Even given his own age, I'll, I'll be amazed if he doesn't get in. He's an absolute shoe in, in my opinion. But it's a bit, you it's know how it works with England, it won't happen, will it? It's a big call, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of shout out against it. Um, the, the, other thing, the other thing that I was going to say was, you know, oh, something that that annoyed me during the game was we had the official Kevin Friend officiate. Now, I've got, I've got to be honest that normally I'm not one of these Saints fans that has an issue with Kevin Friend. I actually think under normal circumstances, he's a good official, right? But last night, mate, I mean, VAR should have been, there should have been a camera VAR on um Lacazette, because every time Lacazette got the ball, he was just throwing himself to the ground. 
throwing himself to the physically throwing himself to the ground without any good touch. Oh, the thing so, is, if you're gonna dive anywhere, you might as well dive in Southampton, home of Tom Daly, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he wasn't diving as such. All he was doing was going down like a sack of spuds. He wasn't even diving. And and the thing is, if you because every time he was going down and, and Kevin Frame was given the free kick, they kept showing it back on the replays. Score. And you're sort of sat there, you watch the replay and you're sort of sitting there thinking to yourself, you know, he hasn't been touched there. And it wasn't. It wasn't like it was once or twice. This was serially going on. Every time anyone got anywhere near him, he does it all the time. He's he's become the Jack Grealish of Arsenal. That is it. It was was embarrassing. And if Kevin Friend looks back at his performance and the fact that he bought it every time Lacazette was going to ground, you know, he'll be embarrassed by his performance, Kevin Friend. To be fair, it's frustrating because... uh, um, I think I think what it was with some Saints fans, and it's not every Saints fan, there are games when Kevin Friend has refereed for Saints and he's refereed it very well. But I think back to, I think it was Tottenham when we beat them. But the first half of that game when Kevin Friend was refereeing, he gave literally everything to Tottenham. And I'd never seen one half of football so biased towards the top 16 at, at the time because they were top six at the time. And it was so biased in the first half. And I think that's where that issue with the Saints fans came from. But he has it. He has officiated better since then. But as you said, Lacazette was getting away with absolute murder. To be fair, and he yeah. did it every single time he got away with it. But you know, it is what it is. And to be fair, looking at it in reflection, Arsenal probably deserved the win. To be fair, they were the better team. Take nothing away from them. We just weren't at the races, were we? And you, you, we have to take it on the chin and get on with it, don't we? You know, I've said again, off of off of when you know when we're doing a recording or whatever. You know, I've said to you many, many a time that we need, you know, if we're going to perform, and it doesn't really matter who it is, you know, there needs to be a collective, you know, a collective amongst the the players to to give their all. Maybe maybe there was a little bit of tiredness, although I don't buy tiredness as an excuse. But, But, you know, the thing is, is we're also looking for our better players, to be to be at their best, right? And this, the simple fact of the matter is, and I said this to you the other day, you know, um, Danny Ings looked like he was looking for a roadmap out of South, out of yep. out of St Mary's, you know. know. And I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if that doesn't fit other Saints fans' agenda, but he did. He oh, looked like he looked like a man that was lost up front. The, the bottom line is. Here on the two Saints show, we don't try and annoy people. We don't try and wind people up and get on their nerves or whatever. We speak from the heart with passion and we speak the truth. And that's the way we see it. It's honesty, it's truthful, and it's from the heart. So if people don't like that opinion, that's fair enough. But it's our opinion. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. Um, What I would say is for anybody anybody who's under any illusions about the task that Ralph's been facing or the task ahead of him or how good a job Ralph's been doing, you look at our squad at the moment and you look at our team at the moment and you would say we are probably where we should where we should be in the table because up until now, you know, when, when we've got our first team fully fit, we can compete with anyone. Looking beyond that, we struggle. And that's been happening for most of this season. I know Ralph wanted a small squad and that one's on him. But other than that, it shows the magnitude of what he's done, given the limited resources. And that is going to cause us an issue going forward. A hundred percent. It's like I mean, we discussed this on another on another show and another pod. But the the thing is, is Mark. You know, I would love to have seen what Ralph would have been capable of doing with Ronald Koeman's squad, for example. Absolutely right. You know? Um. But but then look, the only other thing then I wanted to say was, I mean, it, it's funny because, um. Shea Adams gave himself a similar opportunity to Saturday last night. Um, yep. Again, it was all of his own making. Um, little bit, I mean, I wouldn't say there was as much service into the forwards last night. So obviously yep. that, you know, that was probably a bit of an issue too, to be fair to Danny Ings. But, but what I would say is, is I'm concerned that you know, if the time comes when Danny Ings is replaced, right, 
is is Shea Adams as the second striker or possibly the lead striker? Because we don't know who the you know potent, any potential replacement might be. You know, is he? I'm back to this thing about is he plenty yeah. of endeavour yeah. and everything else, but is he going to score enough goals? The other thing, the other thing, just very quickly that I want to say is, you know, and this this was telling, because normally, if one of them's having a bad game, the other one has a good game, right? Last night, James Ward Prowse did not. I, I don't know whether it was he had a bad game or whether I felt he was playing too deep. So he wasn't as effective when he likes to get forward with the ball. And also, I said the about his passing accuracy wasn't what it normally is in the fact that there was balls that were going to the Arsenal players. I think think he may have felt as captain that it was his job to try and give a little bit more protection to the fullbacks. Now, obviously, that game plan, if that's what it was, didn't work, did it? Yeah. And I think... And I have to be honest, Mark, I felt that I, I felt he wasn't being as adventurous because he did want to give greater support to the fullbacks. So yeah. basically when the fullbacks were going forward, he was trying to cover all the angles. And, now, that, and the other thing that I want to say, and I know this now won't necessarily go down well neither, right? And you know where, we're, where I'm going here, right? The worst performer on the pitch for me was Theo Walcott. Yeah. Right, and I've already got the prayer mats out here, yeah. in in the hope that Saints are not thinking about signing them permanently in the summer. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's right. the belief at the minute that we're not. You know, Damari Gray is going to go somewhere else because yeah. two million pound allegedly is going to be enough for him to to move to another club before this window shuts. Mm-hmm. So that means Saints. That means Saints won't be going yeah. in for him, right? So what I'm trying to say is, let's hope that you know we're not considering bringing in Theo Walcott because let, yeah. let's put it like this as well is is you know all right if it's sensible wages, you know possibly for some. It, it, to me, right? I'm I'm sorry. I still go back to what I said about him before. It's been a career to me that's been unfulfilled from the from the first time that I seen him make his debut for Saints, and he didn't look like a hell of a player at the time, yep. you know. And as I say, he, he must have a fantastic bank balance. But the thing is, is did he achieve as much as what we thought he was going to be capable of when he first burst on the scene? It's a no for me, and. You know, the honeymoon period, people, is well and truly That's over. Right. That's right. Yeah, um, in my opinion on Theo is he goes back to Everton, end off. But there you go. So, yeah, there you go. That, that wraps up um, Saints versus Arsenal in the league. So we're going to take a small break. Fiesta 95FM, the Two Saints show. Right, welcome back, everybody. So just a couple of little points um, relating to the Arsenal Saints game that we didn't get to mention just now. Um, for me, the only other thing I'm going to say to it is um, Alex McCarthy... If you're going to come out and commit yourself to getting the ball, if you're not going to take the ball, clatter the player. You've got to do one or the other, or do all of it. Do the Jordan Pickford goal to school keeping, school the goalkeeping, take the lot. Take the player, take the ball, take the man. I don't care if you get a red card. Don't ever do what you did against Arsenal on Tuesday ever again, because it's inexcusable. You came out and you were in the middle of nowhere and you danced to a little tango. The only place for a tango is strictly come dancing. It doesn't belong on a football pitch. Anyway, back over to Mark for a couple of little points he wants to make. So, so... Basically, I agree, mate. The, the problem was, was he came out and I thought his idea was to come get the ball. Whether he got the ball and the man is neither here nor there. But what he did was he came out and he stopped. Yeah. He basically, you can't, you can't stop. Yeah. You're either going yeah. fully 100% committed or you're not. And I, if think, you're no, not, I actually think it was... I actually think it was totally unnecessary because I watched the highlights and although Vokins temporarily lost the player, yeah. Vokins actually made the ground up on the Arsenal player to cut the angle out. So if McCarthy had actually stayed where he was, it would have been better served because Vokins did actually close the Arsenal player back down after he got past him. Yeah, well, and There was actually no need for McCarthy to come out, to be fair. All, all, anyway. all I'm saying is, is he just, you know, the thing is, 
Far enough if he's going to come out and he's going to make a clear decision. But the problem was, was he came out and he got to the player and he stopped. He stopped. And the, the thing was, was he just would have been better off staying on his goal line and seeing what transpired. To be and, fair, if you watch the highlights back, you'll see that Jake Vokins actually gets back goal side of the player and cuts the angle off. Yeah. But so, anyway, and if McCarthy had been there, he would have saved it. Basically, I'm going to speak about one yeah. player in a minute, but I just want to, you know, the thing is, is you're a great man for the stats, Mark, so let, let, let's have a few stats here, right? So, two goals in the last seven games. That's the first thing I'll say to you. Two goals in the last seven games. Yep. And one win now in the yep. last seven. Yep. Last seven. So, you know, let's not get carried away on a crest of a wave, you know? We still um, got... We still need at least another 11 points for safety, people. And yes, we are talking about safety because if you look at our last seven games, that's relegation form. Not worrying anyone, that's relegation form. So if this doesn't change, we're in big trouble because we are going to start sliding down the table. The the last thing that I want to mention, you know, and and I don't, as I said, I don't like singling out players and stuff like that. But today is his 27th birthday. Right, he's 27. He was the most senior defender on the pitch last night, right? And yeah. I, I understand that he's in the ranks of Southampton, and he probably will be for a few years yet because he is a squad player. For me, he's a squad player. I'll say right? as much. And if people don't know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jack Stevens, and I'll say something right? about Jack Stevens. Because people night, talk right? about how he's improved, yeah. right? He positionally, for me, he struggles as a right. defender. Positionally, I'll back up what you're saying. Struggles. I'll back up what you're saying. I'll also back up the fact that people reckon that Jack Stevens is improved positionally and is improved as a player. All I'm going to say is, watch the highlights and look at Jack Stevens in the middle of the screen for the Arsenal goal. When every other Saints player is backtracking and trying to get back to mark the Arsenal players, Jack Stevens is walking. He's walking. And he's the only player in the Saints back line that's doing it. That, Jack Stevens, is shameful. There are some, there is some times, mate, and, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest about it, right? And the thing is, is that people mistake Jack Jack's improvement some of the times for his passion that he shows on the pitch. Now it's easy to show emotion when you've won a game of football that's been vital, right? And and you know when it comes to the photographs, Jack always tends to be at the forefront of those, right? And and I get that he's passionate and he probably does care, but. But do I think he's a Premier League footballer? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't. I don't. And, you know, I think he would do well in a top championship side, but do I think he's Premier League? Oh, uh, you know, and, and the, the reason why I worked about, he's 27. You know, 27 today he is, right? He's not, you know, he's not the spring chicken that came to us as a, as a seventeen-year-old, you know he's not that. And well, people calling the uh... ten years, and you sort of sit there and you think to yourself, has he improved significantly enough for people to turn around and say Jack Stevens is a Premier League defender? Yeah, he's um, he's not a Premier League defender. To be fair, he is the um. I'm trying to think of the guy's name actually, but um. Oh, it's laughing! Me. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But anyway, for me, he's um, yeah. They call him the Cornish Maldini. He's not the Cornish Maldini. He's he's the Southampton Florin Gardos at the moment. To be fair, no offense, Florin, but you know, no, you no, no, but, but not, quite, not quite as bad as Florin because he's not um, as yeah. He's, Florin, he's definitely but... not the Cornish Mal. He's definitely not the Cornish Maldini. He's more like the Cornish Pasty. To be fair. <laughs> Anyway, I just I just thought I'd mention it. You know, he's twenty seven years of age, and you know, people people try to tell me that he's improved. That I, I'm struggling. You know, he's the most senior. You, you know, it's ironic that probably your more consistent performer 
is bad in the wreck. But yeah, Jack Stevens was our most, you know, experienced defender on the pitch last well, night. Well, um, he's potentially two years from what would be classed as his peak at 29. Yeah. So he ain't going to improve any more than what he's done, everyone. He's got two years to improve before he hits his peak. I mean, all, all I would say is I'll be happy if he improves in the next three weeks yeah. because, right. you know, yeah, I mean, needs must at the minute. And obviously he's cover for Jan Badnarek. You know, I, I believe that Jan Badnarek's going to be back second week of Feb, but we'll see. But, I, you know, I just thought I couldn't I couldn't not mention it that it is his 27th birthday today. And and I'm not I don't necessarily agree with the sum total of what people think about Jack Stevens. I agree with that. Right. That brings to an end that section of the pod for today. So coming up in the second half for you, we have Saints transfer gossip and Saints in the press and the two Saints preview of Saints versus Aston Villa and Manchester United versus Saints. We'll be back after this. It's the Two Marks, CNH on the Two Saints Show, Fiesta 95FM. Just to remind you all, you can contact us via our email address, the Two Saints Podcast Show at Outlook.com for questions or items you'd like to hear in future shows. You can listen to the radio show on Fiesta 95FM in Southampton and via onlineradiobox.com. Also, the Two Saints podcast show is now available via Spotify, SoundCloud, Overcast, Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podbean, or via our Facebook page, The Two Saints Show, and our YouTube channel, The Two Saints Podcast Show. Saints transfer gossip. Everton transfer news. Toffees have joined the race for Southampton's Danny Ings. Leicester City joined the race for Southampton hotshot Ings. <coughs> Sorry, frogging my throat there. <coughs> Premier League winner will reject Crystal Palace in Southampton. So that's Damari Gray has turned down moves to Crystal Palace and Southampton to te- test himself away from English football, according to The Sun, that ever-reliable newspaper. So, Man United's Brandon Williams continues to be targeted by Newcastle and Southampton. And Saints in the press, Stuart Armstrong is cited for Saints' future. Ralph Hasenhutl confirms that Fraser Forster will remain the Saints Cup keeper. Finance expert says that banks see Saints as high risk. And the last story in that section is how green are Premier League clubs. Tottenham Hotspur actually topped the sustainability table. But um, obviously we're aware that Saints are involved in that. And Saints currently see it fourth in that table, Mark, for sustainability. Fourth in the table for sustainability. Starting with <clears throat> Danny Ings. Leicester and Everton both linked with him apparently. Despite what Martin Seven says about the fact that Danny's quite happy where he is, but at least for eighteen months anyway. Right. All, all I'm all I'm going to say, Mark, is right, and this is the first time we have spoken about this, right? Because I was spitting dollars for your performance on Monday, right? <laughs> because because I've got to I've got to say, mate, I've got to say you were shying away from the real issues, weren't you? You really were. So we're going to no, tackle them. We're going to tackle <clears throat> here and now. Okay? Because I actually kept my powder dry for our show. Right. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So now, now we can have a frank and open discussion. Um, all I'm going to say is, is, and hopefully Saints fans have been able to listen to this interview, but basically Martin Simmons gave an interview to, to Adam Blackmore from BBC Radio Solent on Saturday. And the only thing I took from the interview was, was basically that when it comes to youngsters, we're still a showcase football club. Yep. Right? So we're showcasing people's talents so that the young academy players or young players like Diallo, for example, I'm just using that as an example, you know, when, when... when they've had, say, two years at the club and people are have stood up and took notice, hopefully people are already standing up and taking notice of him, you know, he can be sold on for a huge profit for the football yep. club. Not a problem. Not a problem yep, in the current financial situation, yep. right? But, but, but listen, right, the, the issue that I have is at what stage, right, and I understand that we need to recoup money at the minute, but I'd like to think at some stage we're going to stop selling and start building a team. Yep. Right? That, that's the first point on yep. that. Getting the Danny, getting on the Danny Ings, and this is where it's going to get interesting, right? The thing is, is he turned around and said, 
that the, the club are comfortable, Danny's comfortable, he's always the first person to stick his hand up. You know, he was the first person to stick his hand up during the coronavirus. And that, that's great, not an issue. Good, good to see him do it. You know, that's yeah. fantastic. <clears throat> but, Mark, there was something that was totally wrong in that interview, right? And you know, it was totally wrong in that interview. And that, was when, that was when Martin Simmons turned around and he said, Danny's comfortable with the situation, the club's comfortable with the situation, right? My question, Martin Simmons, would be, is the club still going to be comfortable come the summer, right? Yep. Say, middle of June, July, right? And a, a, a contract offer that was made hasn't yep. been signed. Are the yep. co- clubs still going to be comfortable then? Because trust yep. me, if there, there's a year left in this contract yep. in the summer, they will not let it run out for the 18 months. I don't believe yep. that for love or money in the current climate. So They're going to try and get what money they can and try and reinvest it on a striker. Yep. For anybody who hasn't heard the interview and doesn't understand it, I will lay it out for you in black and white exactly what was said. Martin Simmons basically said, at this moment in time, Danny Ings is focused on playing matches and scoring goals. He's not concerned about talking about his contract at this moment in time. Doesn't want to talk about his contract at this moment in time. Hasn't put any financial pressure on the club regards to money he wants. It's not about that. At this moment in time, he's focusing on playing games. He's focusing on scoring goals. He's not interested in discussing his contract. That tells me... That tells me Danny Ings is quite happy to let his contract run down for 18 months and then depart. Fair enough. That's his prerogative. But all I'm going to say is he says he's happy to stay at Saints. Very simple for me on this one, Mark. If you're happy to stay at Saints, Saints, Danny, you'll sign the contract. It's as simple as that. I don't want to hear all the other stuff from Martin Simmons. I don't want to hear all the other stuff from everyone else. Sorry, Saints fans, if this offends you. But this is bottom line, black and white, as crystal clear as it gets. If you're happy at Saints, Danny Ings... You sign the contract. It's that simple. No, no I, I, agree. I agree. But for for the club, for Martin Simmons to come out and say the club's comfortable, Danny's yeah. staying here for 18 months. Well, I you and I both know come the summer that won't be the case. If that contract's not signed in the summer, oh. Saints will be looking And another thing as well, Saints fans, and Martin Simmons, if you happen to listen in at any point, Martin, please listen to this very carefully. If Jamie Vardy was to leave Leicester tomorrow and he was 27 years old, old and in the form he's in at the moment that Danny Ings is in you'd be uh, you'd be asking for 50 60 million pounds to replace him now let that sink in it's going to cost you 50 60 million quid saints to replace Danny Ings in the form he's in at the moment at the age he's at at the moment have you got that sort of money I don't think you have so I agree with Mark in the summer you're not going to be sat there thinking we're not worried about the fact Danny hasn't signed a contract damn well you're going to be worried because I am yeah and so am I I'll be very disappointed if they don't deal with it and he, he does leave at the end of that 18 months. That's his prerogative, but I'll be very disappointed after everything the club have said and everything he said. Yeah. And if you're happy at the club, Danny, sign the deal. I don't see what the hurdle is. Yeah. If you're happy, I, you sign the contract. I, James I, Walker I, has done it. Stuart Armstrong's done it. Jan Bednarek's done it. They've all signed on because they're happy at the club. I don't, I mean, all I'm going to say is, um, and like, like I say, that this is a supporters or a fans yeah. you know, show or yeah. podcast, right? So it's purely from our own points of view. Yeah, but the the thing is, is for me is fine that everybody's comfortable, but if he hasn't signed that contract in the summer, right, you know, he has to be sold because Saints need money at the moment. That's not kid ourselves. It's yeah. not like there's going to be a minute mad influx of money in the summer and we're going to be able to go out and sign a fullback or a, a striker or whatever's needed. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sorry if this offends people, but the, the, reality, the reality even for me is that if Danny hasn't signed this contract by the summer, he'll get sold. Yeah, and he should, get, he should yeah. get sold because I recognise yeah. that we are in financial difficulties at the moment. Yeah, all, I all I will say to the club is you're not going to replace Danny Ings for 20 million quid, I'll tell you that now, for nothing. You won't replace it for 20, quid, 20 million quid, I'll tell you that now. Anyway, moving on, Damari Gray's made it very clear he's going to turn down Southampton, Newcastle, and whoever else are interested and move abroad somewhere. Fair enough. 
And um, Man United, Brandon Williams, will <laughs> be in chase by Newcastle and Southampton. Yeah, and um, I'm swear I've just seen a herd of flying monkeys. <laughs> right. So just to cover the Mari crowd, look, we we always suspect that after last week that this was on the cards because I said to you, as soon as as soon as it was mentioned that we're not moving for him to the summer, right? I said to you, right, we are in a London bus queue right at the back of it then. Do you remember me saying that? And um, basically, uh, as things have developed this week, it's obvious now that there's a queue of teams that are willing to pay the £2 million that Leicester want for him because he's out of contract in the summer. And because we're in the situation we are financially, we can't even afford two million quid. You know, we're looking at bringing in loan players. So Damari Gray won't be happening. And then Brandon Williams, Brandon Williams, I mean, I hope it happens because we've seen the deficiencies. You know, if we're talking about Tuesday night, we've seen the deficiencies of fullback. He can play left or right back. You know, He's kind of a must-have if the loan deal can be struck. But obviously there's other people in the queue as well. But I would have liked to have thought that seeing as we were one of the first clubs to show an interest, yep. you know, we'll get dibs on them if you need it, want to play ball. Yeah, um, um, we've also, there's an exclusive, Mark, that I've just become aware of. There's an exclusive being reported by The Athletic. Um, one of the Saints Academy youngsters, Alexander Yankovic's, is actually handing in a transfer request. See, now that is that is disappointing because yeah. he was probably one of the more promising players that we did have on the big. Actually, the next player that Ralph was touting to actually break through. So uh, there you go. That's a shame, mate. That's disappointing news. I, t- I tell you what, if Ralph has just written that or has just seen that, not written it, sorry. If Ralph's just seen that, it'll feel like a kick to the stomach mate you know it, it's difficult enough when you're trying to build stuff and then you know I've not like we've not seen him play in the first team yet but I'm actually disappointed by that but having, having said that maybe he wants to move back to Switzerland or France I know he's in a Swiss national in fairness to him it shows hunger to want to play doesn't it so you know fair play to him can't, can't fault him for that alright so yeah it's a real shame. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, mate, but it is disappointing that someone who's who's developed and obviously, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you with him. You know, he 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 looks like he's one of the more promising prospects that we've got. And then to lose him, you know, it's it's sad. Yeah. I think the other issues as well. I think he's a midfielder, if I remember right, Yankovic. Yeah, he is, yeah. Central midfielder. At the moment, you've got three midfielders ahead of him who are playing quite well, to be fair, in Walpole, Stiolo and Romayu. So it's a bit difficult for him, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it's a real shame, I think. Yeah. But, um, moving on to slightly more positive news. Yeah, Armstrong's excited for Saints' future. Ralph has confirmed that Fraser Forster will remain as Saints' top uh, cupkeeper. Well, I would suggest if Alex McCarthy carries on doing the sort of things he did on Tuesday, Fraser won't just be the keeper for the FA Cup, Mark. Uh, I mean, all, all I'm going to say is just on those two stories very quickly. So Stuart Armstrong yep. is excited about the future. Um, okay, Stuart. I mean, that this was a this was this from an article that he did for the the program last night. Um, yep. Basically, you know, he's excited for the future. Obviously, he's just recently signed his new contract and all the rest of it. But obviously, he must be looking at it and thinking to himself, well, Danny Ings hasn't committed yet. Maybe I shouldn't be too excited yet. Let's see what happens. But, you know, you know, the thing is, on the face of it, and this is sort of what's upsetting is, we're building something. There's loads of the first-teamers that have all signed new contract. So they're, they're certainly bad into the Ralph Hassenhutl project, you know, and let's hope that, you know, there's more to come on that front. But, um, yeah, fair, fair enough. And then Fraser Foster, keeper for the FA Cup, not a problem for me. I mean, it's about, you know, they're two able keepers, so it's about trying to keep both of them happy so that they're both on board at the moment. So, yeah, not a problem with that at all. Yep. So we move on to the next story, which relates to um, banks seeing Southampton as high risk. 
This is quite actually bad news in the long run, Mark. And this is um, from finance expert and football insider Kieran Maguire speaking exclusively after Southampton revealed they were borrowing 78.8 million from MSD Holdings at a rate of 9.14% in order to cover pandemic-related losses. Yeah. Tottenham actually took out a £175 million Bank of England loan with 0.5% interest. Arsenal yeah. borrowed £120 million at, what, at what's presumed to be a similar rate. Yeah. While Saints are high-flying this season, the long-term future of the club's not secure enough for banks to grant them as favourable as loan as they have for less financially vulnerable clubs. Asked why this was the case and why they were borrowing at far greater rates than Spurs and Arsenal, Maguire said... The difference with Southampton is that they wouldn't have qualified for the same loans because they've been losing money in recent years and wouldn't have ticked the good financial management box. The Bank of England's looking at the risk involved when it considers these loans. Also, from a risk point of view, they're having a fantastic season, but if you're looking at the start of the season at the pool of clubs who could potentially go down, Southampton would probably be in that group. They've been fantastic so far and deservedly at the top end of the division, but if I was a lender, I might be thinking, what happens if Danny Ings leaves in the summer? He's been instrumental for them. If he and Will Prowse leave, you can see them being down there again. Do you know what? That, that it's just seriously worrying situation. You know, we're all led to believe the club's been well managed over the last few years. To hear a football expert and insider saying, actually, they've been losing money in recent years from a financial management point of view. They're not viewed in a great way. It's really bad news, isn't it? Because we've been here before. Well, we knew, we knew that that's been the case for the last few years. Because it isn't just the people that are on the club at the moment, does it? You know, the thing the thing is, is like... Well, we both said it, didn't we? A million pounds investment in five years. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that, that, therein lies your problem. You know, you got you got an owner that is very much hands-off and isn't really interested. And the thing is, is I don't want us to get to the situation where we're desperate. Yep. You know, and he's desperate for the money and he, he, he wants to sell. And then he ends up selling to the wrong people, you know. Exactly. But let, let's hope that in some way it can be resolved. But the other thing I want to say is, you know, when you look at the financial picture, it does show what a great job Ralph's actually doing. Right. Because, because like, like you say, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, we're, we're only one or two players away, maybe from being down amongst the dead men and stuff like that there. And, and you know, for Ralph to be able to get a tune out of players that, you know, at the end of the day, some of them look like they were, they were going to be leaving the football club. You know, and he's managed to turn all that around. And, you know, they've, we've got them playing as a unit. It says a lot for... Ralph's management and coaching abilities to be able to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, slightly better news. I'm moving on to the next article and the fact that Saints are fourth in the sustainability league. So at least they're in top five of something. I, I was really shocked when I read this because, mind you, the table's slightly misleading because they're actually sixth. Yeah, um, it's, it's a strange table. A score of 18. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how they actually scored the points, but well. When I, when I sat there and I thought about it, I thought, well, if Saints, if the Saints uh, people who do the renewable stuff, you know, are reading this, obviously they're sat there thinking, oh, this is great news, you know. But that, you know, fair, fair play to them. I have noticed that, obviously, when I get my, my, my uh, what is it I usually have? I usually have a pie, and it and it's usually served in a in one of these sort of reusable um, container type things. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's good to see them up there and obviously we're making a conscious effort to sort of save the planet. Yeah, and I think it's something that has to be done, isn't it? I mean, it goes along with the carbon footprint and everything else. It's all about being sustainable. It's all about that now, isn't it? It's a massive drive to be carbon neutral and sustainable and everything else. So, yeah, it's, it's good to see them doing that, Mark. You know, at least we know... There's something they're doing well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on from there, it's time to do the two Saints preview of Saints versus Aston Villa and Manchester United versus Saints. So last time out at Aston Villa, Mark, Southampton 2, Aston Villa nil. Saints secured a vital win. And in the following fixture, it was the James Ward-Prowse show. Two free kicks in the first half, which eventually led Saints to an absolutely scintillating, because it was a great game, to be fair. It was a seven-goal thriller, four of those by Saints and three from Villa. Two free kicks from Ward-Prowse. 
Cool. What a game that was. So two back-to-back wins, basically, against them. Yeah. So first time, three on the trot. First time with two free kicks in the first yeah. half. Um, and I think it was goals from Vestergaard uh, and Danny Ings. Obviously, the uh, completed the 4-3 win um, also I just wanted to go back to the 2-0 win at St Maurice last it's season Martin and Stuart Armstrong scored yeah, both goals in that game I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you know because obviously you know we, you know, sometimes he gets a bit of a hard task you know and um, you know obviously it's good to see that he scored Penny, I haven't probably seen him score since, but there you go. <laughs> but um, and he signed a new contract on the same terms, which you can't believe, but there you go, for another two years. Um, but yeah, so apart apart from that, you know, uh, was at the game. Saints were in control, and you know, as was seen, I mean, it was a goal fest at Villa Park this yeah. season. Um, Basically, I thought we were in control of the game, and then I think I'm right in saying was a bad wreck went off with concussion, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, I'm just looking at that game now, actually. So, um, where is it? Yeah, Yannick Vestergaard scored after 20 minutes with a bullet header. James Ward-Prowse then um, took over on his 26th birthday. So he became the first player in Premier League history. He scored two direct free kicks on the 33rd and 45th minute. In the first half of the game to put his side in control for Danny Ings. Long-range curler made it 4-0 30 minutes after half-time. Um, and as it says, despite Tyrone Ming's header, Ollie Watkins penalty and Jack Grealish clever finish. It was a little too late for the home side. Slipped down to sixth in the table. Um, it doesn't actually mention... But I think I'm right. That I'm I mean, you're probably right, but it doesn't mention the concussion. Uh, so he was taken off for concussion and on came Jack Stevens. And obviously, you know, I'm not. This isn't a criticism of Jack, but obviously, if you you have a start in eleven and they start, and you're you're having to make an enforced substitution, yeah, you know, it probably does upset the the equilibrium of the team. Um, so, you know, did did well probably to come away with a win because they were, if I remember rightly, they were pressing us quite a bit for the equaliser. Um, did well to come away with the win, yeah. So, anyway, going on to my prediction. Um, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I mean, fella, fella, you know, before tonight's game, I just want to say this, fella, obviously, they had a one or two games in hand that would have went above Liverpool in the table, right? Now, the loss tonight, as far as I know, the loss to Burnley 3-2, um, I might be wrong. I'm sure you'll correct me. But I think they lost 3-2 tonight to Burnley. Um, and who knows, you know, if that's the case, who knows what the score is going to be, you know, on, on Saturday night. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for a Saints win, Mark, because I think it's, I think the thing is, we'll have Ram Bertram certainly back. I'm fairly, fairly optimistic that, you know, Kyle Walker-Peters is going to be back, so we're not going to have the full-backs that we had last night. Um, and I'm going to say that we're going to win the game. We're going to get back to winning ways because I think it's important in the league. Um, and I'm going to go with a 2-1 Saints win. I'm going to go 3-2 Saints. Okay, okay. I think there's goals in it. Villa have got something about them to get goals. They are, they are a threat. Um, and it's that man greed issue. Saints never mark. No matter when we play them, they never mark him. So yeah, I just I can see that. The only other thing I would say is is Aston Villa. You know, basket case of a club last season went out and spent astronomical amount of money. They've gone out and spent money this season, but it's been very much structured. You know, I do I do worry for us in this fixture, although I'm going for us to win, you know, because the thing is, is, you know, Ollie Watkins, who Saints admired for a long time, never made a move for him, even when he was at Exeter. Yep. You know, I, I do think that he does make a difference for them up front. Even Torore. Uh, who used to be at Chelsea, who came in the summer, 
you know, he, Bernard Truere, I think his name is, I mean, he's starting to make his mark in the, in the Villa team there as well. So it'll be a tough game, but like I said, I think 2-1. Go and see it's 2-1 anyway. Yep, we're going for the Saints win. So 3-2 for me, 2-1 for Mark. And that moves us on to the preview of Saints versus Man United. So, yeah, another easy fixture. <laughs> They're all easy in the Premier League, aren't they? So- it's funny, man. It's funny, right? Because... I think we should be on a revenge mission. You know, we're two 0 up against them in the in the in the home match this season. You know, yeah, and, and we'll let them back in. Basically, you know, the Cavani substitution. Well, you know, unfortunately, both both for the goals. You know, there, nobody anywhere near them, marking yeah. them or anything like that. There, um, and and you just sort of you can't afford to do that with an experienced striker like that. <laughs> And to be fair, you would say that both games we played against them, because obviously it was two all against them, late equalisers from Saints, denied United moving into the top four, and that was two all. And then we played them at home and lost three two. So both games were really close, weren't they? And we could have won either game, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred um, percent, man. I mean, the thing is, is if I remember rightly from the Old Trafford game, I mean, you know, Stuart Armstrong scores the goal, and you're kind of sat there and you're thinking, actually. From the early exchanges, it looked very much like we were taking the game to them, and I thought we were playing really well. Um, what, what I would what I would say is is that you know obviously you know Dan grew into the game, and you know they took the two one lead, but then thankfully, what was it six minute in the overtime or extra time or whatever you want to call it, injury time, um, you know. Uh, Michael Obafemi pops up. I think it was more or less his first touch of the ball. Uh, scores a goal. Um, but what I was going to say, Mark, was, you know, I want to give one little layer of hope, and that is that, you know, United this season, I'm not that convinced about their home form in the league. I think they're a much more better away team. Uh, I think they like, they like a counter-attack away from home. Um, but but at home, I mean, we've seen Crystal Palace beat them at home. Uh, you know, so there there is there is an opportunity. I'm not necessarily saying that we're going to win the game, but there is but there is an opportunity. You know, I'm just saying that there is an opportunity there. And like like I keep saying, you know, no team is particularly consistent, and that that's why you've got so many clubs up there. I mean, you know, even if we win Saturday and then, you know, we'd move up the eighth again. You know, and 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 you know, and you pay you know, if they beat if they were to beat miraculously beat United at Old Trafford, you know, that would put us right back in contention Absolutely again, right. you know? So right. who knows? Come on, say it's two back to back wins be brilliant. So I'm going for one nil Mark. You're going for one nil? Right, 1-0 to who, though? 1-0 to Saints. Sneak a 1-0 right. at Old Trafford. Yeah, man. <laughs> if, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. He's on the, he was on the sauce before. Huh? But um, what was I going to say? I'm going to go one each, I think. One each is where I'm going. Okay, sounds good to me. So there we go. We've got 3-2 uh, and 2-1 uh, win for Saints. So either of those two against Villa. And a one nil for me and a one all for Mark against Man United. So we'll see how that goes. So that brings us to the, an end today for the Two Saints show. So thanks for joining myself, Mark C, and my co-host, Mark H. It's goodbye from me. Yeah, and it's goodbye from me. And I just hope that, you know, until you hear from us next week, you know, take care of each other and be careful out there. Absolutely right. Just to remind you all, you can contact us via our email address, the Two Saints Podcast Show at Outlook.com, for questions or items you'd like to hear in future shows. You can listen to the radio show on Fiesta 95 FM in Southampton and via onlineradiobox.com. Also, the Two Saints Podcast Show is now available via Spotify, SoundCloud, Overcast, Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Deezer, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podbean or via our Facebook page The Two Saints Show and our YouTube channel The Two Saints Podcast Show. So, my final word on today is thank you very much for joining us and please join us again next week when The Two Saints go marching in. Goodbye for now. Bye for now.